Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to talk some hoops. It's got the lane and throws it down with two hands. Let's talk about the team chasing a championship in 2020. Giannis all the way. It's the Milwaukee Basketball Hour with Bill Michaels and former Milwaukee Buck and Marquette sharpshooter Steve Novak. Shoots the three at the horn and he banked it in. Loaded up for another three. The Milwaukee Bucks hope of winning their first NBA title since 1971 off to a rocky start. Vukovic last night played a, a career a playoff high of 35 points, 14 boards, and the Orlando Magic stunned the top seed of Bucks 122-110. And now Bucks fans worry about game two. Bucks need to make some adjustments, obviously. Welcome. It's the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. We are glad to have you. We're glad to be back on the air, to be perfectly honest with you. After uh, the COVID break, so to speak, I'm Bill Michael, Steve Novak alongside. We are brought to you by a lot of good people that are back with us again, our friends from Network Health, Kessler's Diamonds, and Lammy Sports Management. And Steve, uh, last night as that game was going on, my phone, my Twitter account were blowing up with people saying, what is wrong with the Bucks?" Uh, I can only imagine what your phone was like. Yeah, no, my phone... <laughs> was off because I was uh, <laughs> I was doing the pregame and the postgame. So it was more just, uh, you know, honestly, watching the game, you were just trying to figure it out from start to finish, kind of what was what was going on and what was different. But to be honest, this is this is a different year. And you're right. It, I don't think it was expected that this was going to happen in the first game of the playoffs. But I do think we need to look at it through a different lens. I think from this point forward, I don't know if we needed to say that in the first eight seeding games. But I think now that we've seen the Lakers lose, to Portland in the first game, and the Milwaukee Bucks lose to the eighth seed in the first game of the playoffs. I think that, you know, it's look. The Bucks should be winning. The Lakers should be winning. But I, I don't know that we should be as shocked as we uh, would be in, normally in the past. I would at least say that. And I don't think that's even taking anything away from the the one seeds. I think this this environment is clearly different, and it might it might end up being more exciting. It's it's certainly different though. With what happened last night, did you see that as a carryover from some of the play that we've witnessed while they've been in the bubble? Oh, 100%. 100%. And I think, 
you know, I guess just as I talk with Craig Kashan and Jim Paschke and Marcus Johnson and Zora, we, you know, we talk about what's going on and what is happening and what happened in the last three games of the, of the regular season before the, the COVID break, before the hiatus, did something happen when they lost those last three games on the West coast trip? And then it was like, is something different now in these eight seeding games? What's going on? And, and it really does. It feels to me very much like the eight seeding games were the last games of the regular season, which at the end of any regular season, the last eight games, call it, are very different for the top-rated teams, for the best teams, than they are the teams that are fighting for a playoff spot. They're approaching it very differently. But the, but the teams that are the top spots have a rhythm. They've been playing all season long. They're just taking a week or two weeks kind of off to get ready for the playoffs. Well, the difference I feel like this time has really been there was four and a half months off. And so these eight games needed to be treated the same by all the teams in order to give themselves an equal chance, except for the bad teams were playing for their lives and the good teams already knew they were locked into their playoff spots a lot of times. So the bad teams, I feel like, are in rhythm. They've been playing for their lives. They've Damian Lillard had 61, 51, and 42 back-to-back-to-back. Like, Booker had, I don't know how many points. He didn't lose a game. Eight straight games he won for Phoenix. Didn't even make the playoffs. But those teams are they're fired up they've got momentum they've been playing for everything they've been putting it out there and the bucks were like we've have one locked up we know what, what we have we need to be healthy and so you don't fault them for that but there is no doubt those eight games seeding games they were approached differently and this season mm-hmm. is different because four and a half months is different than a week or two weeks of of calm you had mentioned the carryover from the way the season ended prior to the covid shutdown uh, they were one and four in their last five, and then in the bubble they only won three out of uh, out of those. Uh, they're four wins in their last thirteen ball games. They have not put back to back wins together since earlier in the season. Um, out of that, and, and I agree with you. I think they wanted to get Connaughton and Bledsoe. They wanted to get their minutes to get their health back. They wanted to get guys indoctrinated. They wanted to get a little bit of of everybody to get to kind of dip their toe into the water. Um, but we kept talking about they don't they look a step slow yesterday defensively speaking and I went back and watched that series with Orlando what they did against Orlando during the regular season was get out to an early lead their defense is what fed their offense it was a lot of rebounds a lot of fast break points a lot of fast hands turnovers steals things like that they did a lot of that we didn't see that last night we haven't seen that for a while Steve it just looks like they're a step slow is that just getting in sync is that not having your legs under you is that and I think I the way I looked at guys last night especially when you got four guys collapsing around the driver and leaving three guys beyond the perimeter wide open to me it looked like guys were not, were not even communicating properly yeah i think you're right i mean i i do i think that the what we're seeing is what you see a lot of times early in the season for really any team really good teams bad teams young teams early in the season there's miscommunications and there's kind of trying to get on the same page and kind of feel out roles early in the season, honestly. And I feel like there's a little bit of that even now, like Brooke Lopez has no games in the regular season of the first 65 where he has 20 plus points. He has three games in the eight seeding games where he has 20 plus points. So now Brooke Lopez is a little bit of a different role player. He's doing a little bit different things. He's scoring the ball a little more. Well, Giannis was out some, he was resting. Chris Middleton didn't play a bunch of the second half. So the minutes were different. And so now the playoffs start. And I think yeah, there there is a 
guys feeling each other out, trying to figure out, are we the same as we were? Are we different? Should we be approaching things differently? And, and yeah, I think that defensively, I couldn't agree more. This this Bucks team has been as great as they've been offensively, which they've been great at certain points during the regular season, undeniably, has been based on their, their defense, their on-ball activity, the turnovers they've created, the fast break points, the scoring in the paint knocking down volumes of threes that those those numbers have come from the fact that they've won they've won their their games this year by an average of over 10 points per game they've been really beating the lights out of teams all year long until post hiatus so you know I, I do I think they've they've got to find a way to, to capture that back maybe losing the first game in the first round uh, you know, could really just be that fire. I don't think they're missing a big piece or something that they can't get back. I do. I think it's a it's a fire and an energy that they've got and a desperation. I think that they've got to capture, and and I think they can. They certainly can. Last night after the ball game, this was George Hill talking about the team and needing to do a little soul searching. It's not a good feeling. Um, you know, we got to figure it out. That's what good good teams do. Uh, we got to find out a way to continue to be the team that we were before this whole, you know, pandemic go. So um, we got to do a little soul searching, but I think we'll be fine. So when he says soul searching, I mean, obviously he's looking inside that locker room, Steve, but it, you know kind of players speak better than anybody. Uh, is that something that he's directing towards his guys, being a veteran leader, or is that just uh, a cliche that he's throwing out to those that are asking questions? You know, I – I tend to think it might be a little bit of a cliche. I mean, because I think the truth is, soul searching. This team is is the oldest team in the league. They're a veteran. They've got they've got dogs on this team. Giannis can go and get buckets when he wants to. Chris Middleton has been uh, awesome all year long. These guys have got to find a way to shut down Nikola Vucevic, and the rest of the Orlando Magic team will not beat them. Nikola Vucevic can't have 35 points and 14 rebounds and basically do it by doing what he was expected to do. The playoffs are you find the best player on the other team and you take them out of what they do and hope that the rest of the team crumbles. And if you think that the star on the other team is so good that you can't stop him, you let him get 50 and you take everyone else away. And I think the Orlando Magic has taken that latter approach. They're saying, look, we're going to do our best in transition on Giannis. We're going to load up on him, try to stop him. But we got to take Middleton away. We got to stay close to Brooke Lopez. We can't let Dante DiVincenzo come in and get hot. We got to keep the others down because Giannis, I think they realize, is going to get his. He's too good. He's just, he's too powerful. But I think for the Milwaukee Bucks, you stop Nikola Vucevic, you take away 35 and 14, and you turn that into 20 and 20 and 10. The Bucks are still going to win this series in the next four straight, I think. So I mean, I do. I think that's it's a soul search. I think they know what they got to do, and I think they got the guys to do it. So, you know, that first game was certainly it was tough to watch, but it it was it was not the first rough game we've watched in the last few weeks. So I think it does. It makes you it makes you worry a little bit. For those listening, welcome back to the uh, Milwaukee Basketball Hour. We're glad to be back on the air after a long stretch off. Uh, it just it, it cut cut us short as much as it cut the, the basketball season short, no doubt about it. Steve Novak alongside. I'm Bill Michaels. Uh, Giannis last night, Steve, 31 points, ended up with third tier, 17 boards, 7 assists, but 5 turnovers and did not score down the stretch. They tended to pack it around him and, and seemed to really frustrate him at times. So, uh, do you expect something different from Giannis, or do you expect guys like Chris Middleton 
Uh, or you know, it was funny because I had Kenny the Jet Smith on today on my program, and he said he wouldn't change anything at all if he was if he was Coach Bud because it was unforced stuff. Brooke Lopez over four from beyond the arc. At times he had a hand in his face, but he was just missing. You look last night from other guys that weren't hitting as consistently as we're, we've kind of become accustomed to. You know, Chris Middleton, you know, had a good day from uh, the free throw line, but only two of six beyond the arc. 4 of 12 from the field. It just seemed like there was a lid on the basket at times, and guys started forcing up shots. So he said, look, I, the Orlando Magic didn't force them to do something that they didn't want to do. They just weren't hitting their shots. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And, and and also, Giannis not scoring late in the game. I, that, you know, when you realize you're getting your buckets, you're getting your points, but you're losing the whole game, you know, I don't blame Giannis for thinking, you know, maybe I need to just facilitate. I got to get somebody going. I got to have Middleton knock down a few shots or – you know, keep pushing it in transition and, and throwing it ahead to my guy in the corner because if they get a couple shots going, one, it'll be good for us to catch up a little bit, but two, it'll open things up for me in the lane. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do tend to agree with that um, because Giannis got his 31, his, you know, 30 plus points. He, he played a really good game. And there's no doubt that this is, you hear it a million times when you watch any NBA show, it's a make or miss league. And if you're going to, get those shots and Chris Middleton usually is, I mean, for God's sakes, he was a, a sliver shy of 50, 40, 90 this year, 50% from the field, 40% from three and 90% from the free throw line. Chris Middleton had a historic shooting season. And so I think, you know, in the playoffs in the first game for him not to shoot the ball well, you do have to have the confidence to stick with those guys. Brooke Lopez has had games. He was 0 for 12, one for 12 games. Like he stayed with it and the Bucks ended up with, you know, the best record the last two seasons. And so I think you can't tweak too much now that the playoffs are here. I mean, it's a different season, but I think the Bucks' best chance still does lie in being who they have been when they were at their best. And so I agree with Kenny Smith in that. I mean, you're not going to go over tweaking things and thinking the Orlando Magic have something, you know, masterful figured out. And they had Aaron Gordon out last night with that strain left hamstring. Michael Carter-Williams was out with the strained foot tendon. So it wasn't like, uh, you know, even Orlando was at full strength coming into this contest. And, and you know what? And I hate to say this because they haven't proven anything, but do you think the Bucks could have looked at this like a lot of people had talked about and said, well, you know, now it's the postseason. They'll flip the switch. And you know as well as I do, it's hard just to flip a switch. There's no switch to flip. You, Your effort, your rhythm, your motion, everything has to be in sync for you to start hitting shots. You just don't all of a sudden flip a switch and it, it goes on. No, you definitely don't flip a switch. I mean, I think <laughs> I don't know how every guy individually was, was trained, but I was trained by my coach in college, Tom Crean, when the times I heard a switch, to, a switch discussed – it was when we were in practice, having a bogus practice, just turning the ball over, missing shots, playing sloppy. He would blow the whistle, bring it in and say, you know, a few select words and basically something to the effect of, do you guys really think tomorrow when you play UConn, when you play Louisville, when you play, you know, whoever it is, you're going to flip a switch? You think you can just have a bogus practice and show up and be great? And so, I mean, I, th- I don't think I was the only guy co- coached like that. I imagine all these guys have been told the flip and the switch – is is a, a very dangerous thing to think that you're all of a sudden going to be something you're you haven't been leading up to that point. So, yeah, I think that there was a bit of an expectation because of the way this season went that there was going to be a flip, a switch flipped because it was eight games and then the playoffs. So you kind of thought, ah, oh, we'll ease in and then flip the switch. But you know, it seems more reasonable with that scenario. But I think it's it's still equally dangerous. And I think we're 
we're seeing that with both the one seeds in the East and West losing their first playoff game. It's the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. We're going to step away for a moment. Steve Novak, he's on the Network Health home, Hometown Advantage Hotline. Network Health Hometown Advantage Hotline. Network Health, your hometown advantage health plan. Also, we're brought to you by our friends at Kessler Diamonds and Lammy Sports Management. So uh, we're going to step away. The Bucks down one game to none against the Orlando Magic in the, uh, in the postseason in the bubble. We'll talk more about that. Also start to talk a little bit about Game 2 coming up next on the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Let's play harder than us. Uh, they played better than us, but we played hard, obviously. Um, but they made they made shots. They had the momentum. They got uh, when we were coming uh, close uh, back to the game. We set them to the free throw line. Um, yeah, they just play better. I don't know if they play harder. We got to play harder. So even if they play a better game, uh, we can still win the game. We can still put ourselves in a position to uh, win the game. 122-110, the Orlando Magic knock off the Bucks in game one of the postseason. Orlando now leads that series one game to none. Welcome back to the Milwaukee Basketball Hour featuring Steve Novak. I'm Bill Michael. Steve Novak joining us on the Network Health Hometown Advantage Hotline. Also, speaking of Giannis, the Kessler Diamonds in the rough stat of the week, despite the Bucks losing game one. Giannis was the MVP himself, 31.17 boards and seven assists, and that is the Kessler's Diamond in the rough stat of the week. Visit Kessler'sDiamonds.com to find a location near you. We're also brought to you by our friends at Lammy Sports Management. If you want to find us anywhere and everywhere, it's at M-K-E-B Ball Hour, at M-K-E-B Ball Hour over on social media as well. That question, Steve, that answer, I should say, by Giannis, was in response to a question when it was posed by a, a media person after the game that said, you know, hey, it looks like they just played harder than you. He almost took offense. He said, not harder. They just played better. And then he talked about playing harder. Uh, it's almost like he took offense to the fact that they didn't. Now, I never could judge if a guy played hard or didn't play hard. Sometimes you can play extremely hard and still look like you're running in quicksand just because you just don't feel it that day. So I'll never question that. But like I said, it certainly looked like Orlando, everywhere they went on the floor, was just a half step quicker. Yeah, you know, it, it did. And I think it, the game started out, it, it felt to me very much like the Bucks were in control. They came out and I want to say made their first three shots, maybe four shots. They were up 8-4, to 10-4. to four, And there was an offensive foul call on Giannis, which I thought was a really bad call. It seemed Mm -hmm. like he was basically being chased. He ran into the defender, and they got a charge call. Obviously, there's still, you know, 40, I don't know what, 45 minutes of basketball to play, so you can't blame it on one call. But there's no doubt it was like the Bucs came out with the focus. They knew they had to play with a different kind of urgency and be different than they were in those first eight seeding games. But then really from there on out, I mean, at the end of the first quarter, the Bucs were down 10 at halftime, down 10. Uh, 10 or 12 at the end of the third, still down 10. They could, they just couldn't catch up. So, I mean, I agree with very much what Giannis said. It, I feel like when Giannis was interviewed, when Coach Bud was interviewed after the game, it was hard to put your finger on, okay, I looked at the stat sheet and I found why. You know, we turned the ball over 30 times. That wasn't it. It was like the three-pointers made was similar. The rebounding was similar. The the only two numbers that were really different were free throws missed. The Bucks missed 10. I think Orlando missed one. And points off turnovers. You know, I think Orlando scored 25 points off turnovers, but the turnovers themselves were pretty close. So, you know, it just it felt to me like what we kind of talked about earlier. There was the expectation that the flip would the switch would be flipped, 
and the Bucks would turn it on and they would run these guys over. And then once a little adversity hit, all of a sudden it was back to reality. And the Orlando Magic, it's a little troubling to me to think that the Orlando Magic, they do have five guys out. You know, Mo Bamba, he's hurt for them. They've got Aaron Gordon. He's out for them. And I, I think you would expect that that hurts the Orlando Magic. The way they played, though, shows that they may actually be playing with more of an, like, an equal opportunity offense. The ball definitely stopped a little bit more with your, with Aaron Gordon in there. And now it seems like guys are they're, they're playing free. They're moving the ball. DJ Augustine finished with 11 assists yesterday. So, you know, I do. I think that I expect the next game to look really different. I don't know that there was one thing that the Bucks could put their finger on that said, this is why we lost. They did not play hard. It just felt to me like... To let Nikola Vucevic get 35, and you know he's their guy, I think was was the one thing that at the end of the day the the, the Bucks I think felt like play harder, but maybe just smarter. Giannis after the game uh, talked about playing in down there in Orlando, and and I know that there were some references made about home court advantage and not having that energy and such, but this was him talking after the game about the weight of the bubble that it's put him that's put on him and others. One thing I'll say is that. You know, we play a game uh, or we have a practice. And um, obviously, we're in the bubble. We don't get to go home. We don't get to go, you know, be away from basketball, even for a few hours. Uh, you know, if uh, things were normal, we'd be back home playing in our, our home court. And uh, after the game, we go home. We go and spend time with our families, watch a movie, eat your you know, favorite food, sleep in your own bed. You just, you're just comfortable. You know, uh, but now it just feels like we always have work. Uh, you can you cannot escape basketball, but at the end of the day, personally, you know, it is what it is. Uh, everybody's going through this. It's not just us. Uh, this is a 16 team right now in the bubble going through the same uh, things that we're going through. They're not able to see their families. Um, they're constantly in the bubble. There is, it's always about basketball. But uh, we just we just got to do our job, you know. We got to man up and um, go out there, have fun. Don't think about nothing else. Just play play basketball and uh, try to get a win. Now, Steve, I get it. I mean, you're in a bubble. There's nothing to do. You know, it's basically you, your guys. You've just been told here for the next couple of months, this is all you're going to do. This is all, and it's worked. Don't get me wrong; it's been great because they have had zero positive tests. It's it's worked phenomenally, and you, you give the NBA all the credit in the world. However, he did say something in there where everybody has to deal with it. So, as much as he wants to say we can't see our families, we don't get the home court energy, we don't get the everybody has to deal with it. It's kind of it, it's it's him just being honest. It's a very candid moment. And some took it as, well, he's making excuses as to why they can't win. And I looked at it and said, you know, yes, I understand that. But it's something that everybody, as he stated, everybody has to deal with. And they have to figure out a way to have fun and just go do it and be loose. And it sounds like no adjustments to be made. Just go play your game. Yeah, you're right. And I think the thing I love about Giannis and hearing him speak is is he, he does think out loud. He's not premeditated when someone asks him a question you can tell he's he's like look I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and and I think what he said was exactly what anybody who I think would have been asked to go to the bubble realizes look if you have a family if you Giannis just had his son Liam and and he's thinking to himself people are saying why are you not yourself why are you not the same as you were earlier this year and he's basically I think expressing hey look 
you know what, maybe, maybe things are a little different. Maybe I'm not the same all the way. Maybe some of my teammates aren't feeling the same because I miss my son. I miss my family. I miss the normal routine. And so I think they're maybe answering that question and saying, Hey, this, I I'm getting paid millions and I love it. And I love the game of basketball, but you know what? I really, part of, part of me is sad and this kind of sucks. I'd really rather not be here. And so I think he's being fair. He's answering that question and saying, this is tough. And at the same time, I think you're right. He's saying, now that I've said that out loud, I also want to be clear. We are all dealing with that. And so it's not Mm -hmm. an excuse, but he's just, he's, I think he's being fair and saying, look, I miss my routine. I miss my family. I miss, you know, the normal things that (laughs) even everybody else not in the bubble maybe is still able to experience. So I think, I think his response is by no means an excuse, but I think I just look at it more as a very honest response to kind of a, a window into, I mean, how Giannis Tentacumpo and probably his teammates, they truly are are feeling a bit of loneliness and, and isolation. Um, I want to talk about a couple of individual players. Last night, Chris Middleton, not a great night, uh, 4 of 12 shooting, 2 of 6 beyond the arc. Uh, on the other hand, Bledsoe, he was 5 of 11 and only 1 of 5 from beyond 3-point, but he had 15 Played pretty well, had five assists, only turned the ball over a couple of times. And for a guy that's coming back from COVID that had to get his legs under him, you know, I think there's a lot of eyes on him. I think he fared pretty well in his first test. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think based on looking at all, all of Eric Bledsoe's games in the in the bubble so far, coming off of uh, of being of having COVID and then getting his legs back and getting his minutes up, I think Coach Bud played him 31 minutes in the last. Uh, seeding game against um, Memphis. So, you know, I think that you could tell that there was still an attempt to get those legs under him, get the conditioning and help him try to kind of find that rhythm. I, I agree. I thought he looked probably the best he has. Um, and does that mean that he looks like he's in, you know, mid-season form? No, it doesn't look like that to me yet. But I think that it's very important that if this Bucks team is going to make the run that's expected, you know, Eric Bledsoe and the defense that he plays – uh, on the perimeter has, I mean, it's, it's elite. And the, the pressure he puts on defenses when he has the ball in transition, when he's attacking the rim, you know, it's, it's elite. And the bucks, they need that because he gets easy buckets. He gets the buckets when the defenses are thinking, all right, we've been drilling this in practice. We've got to stop Giannis. We've got to find Middleton. Bledsoe is hitting a nice little transition pull up three or attacking the rim. And so, he is a key to this team, and you know I think when the Bucks are at their best, clearly it's Giannis, Chris Middleton, Bledsoe leading the way, and kind of giving you that, you know, 25, 20, and 15 from those three guys. And so getting Bledsoe back to form, I think, is is hugely important. And I agree. I thought he looked the best he has probably in that game, even though they lost to the Magic. Hey, before I let you go, a couple of things. Uh, the other thing being, as a shooter, and you would know this, uh, you know, Dante DiVincenzo has really struggled since coming into the bubble, and he was a guy that was a really reliable three-point shooter prior to the break for COVID. Um, tell me what he's going through right now. Uh, again, yesterday, one for six uh, from the field, 0 for two beyond the arc. You know, part of me thinks that this, his legs, and I think the majority of guys' legs – they feel like the beginning of the season. And if you think of what a lot of shooters go through in the beginning of a season when they're, I mean, you got to think, you got to remember, everybody did have four and a half months off of, of games. You know, guys were still working out and doing things. But, you know, when you're talking about that game, that game speed and that game rhythm, it's different. And so when I see a guy like Dante who was shooting the ball well, struggle a little bit, 
I do. I think that he is going to continue to shoot the ball to try to find the rhythm, but he is probably feeling still heavy. He's, a, he's young, but I think he's still probably feeling those heavy early season legs. And I really do think that one game, because it's what happens during a regular season, it really just takes that one game, you go four for five instead of going one for five, and all of a sudden your confidence is there and you have a good second game and you have a couple good practices and all of a sudden, you know, the the tired legs and the early season woes are behind you. So they don't have as much time to, to correct this. And so you hope to see it soon. But I really do. I think he's going to continue to be confident because that's how Coach Bud coaches. The Bucks are going to keep telling him that's what we need from you. And uh, and and he, he, he wants to take those shots. He is a guy that he'll put his nose in there and, and not be scared and – you know, he's really played well this year. So I really do. I, I have confidence that he, he too, is going gonna, is gonna to play better. I mean, really along with this whole team. But Dante and Bledsoe, we just talked about, I really do. I think that if those guys stay with it, the Bucks have lost one tough one. It looks bad because it is. But I do think that they're going to be in fine shape if they can get this, get this next win and just right the ship in the first round. Uh, real quick before I let you go, Vucevic goes off for 35, looked just so incredibly dominant. Uh, or do you do anything differently defensively against him in game two? Yeah, I think so. I think you, if it's with the same guys, if it's Brooke Lopez matched up with him, I think that maybe you you take the chance that you stay closer to him no matter what the, the action is. If it's a pick and roll, we're just going to stay closer to Vucevic. Let somebody go by and maybe shoot a shot because we're going to, take our chances we can't let him just stay hot like that or I, I can definitely see you know smaller guys just guarding Vucevic can he overpower them yes but the Bucks would likely be able to to double team if a guy got in a bad way but by having a smaller guy you just are in his space not allowing him to have his comfort zone he was shooting the ball he was shooting open shots and he got some tough ones to go but he had a lot of open ones too and I think you know a smaller guy not even smaller just you know quick feet someone that can be active and take that that space away on him, I could certainly see somebody, you know, going in there and just frustrating, even like a DJ Wilson, just a, a big guy, but quick enough to, and long enough to bother him. So he's going to be a point of emphasis for sure. Cause if he has another big game like that, you know, the Orlando magic are going to be having, they're going to have plenty of confidence. It's the Milwaukee Basketball Hour featuring Steve Novak. I'm Bill Michael. Steve, I know you got to run. I, I'm glad to be back together, man, kind of so to speak. Uh, but I'm glad we're doing the show, uh, show again, and hopefully we're talking about a few more Bucks victories next week. Agreed. Great to be back on with you, and I, I think you're right. I think we, we, we get together again when the Bucks have won some games. How about that? No doubt about it. It'll be uh, nice to celebrate in that fashion. Steve, good to hear from you. We'll talk to you later. Coming up next, Marcus Johnson is going to be joining, uh, joining us, and we're going to talk with him, his thoughts about game one and about life inside the bubble and about what the Bucks are going through and see if he would make any additional adjustments. That is next on the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. On the closeout. I'll tell you what, how about that to start the playoffs? Giannis with a three. Love to see that. Giannis knocking down his first shot and not only knocking it down, but shooting it with all kinds of confidence. He understands what's at stake here this time of year. Bucks lose, though, last night, 122-110. Uh, they lose game one. The Magic lead the series one game to nothing. Welcome back. It's the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. I'm Bill Michaels, bringing him in now on the uh, Network Health Hometown Advantage Hotline, our good friend Marcus Johnson from Fox Sports Wisconsin and Bucks analyst as well. 
Marcus, it was not the way they wanted to start, and uh, I, I guess where do you want to start in this one when you looked at it and uh, kind of had a chance to let it sit and settle and think about it today? Well, Bill, you know, I think we all felt like it would take an almost perfect game by Orlando to have a shot, and they went out and played an almost perfect game, 18 and 19 from the free throw line. They uh, knocked down their three-pointers, shot 49% against this Buck team that's the number one team in the league in terms of opponent effective field goal percentage. Um, another thing that they that, that they had going for them is – and. It was addition by subtraction, and what I mean is that so now you don't have Michael Carter Williams, who you know twenty nine percent from the three point line. No Aaron Gordon, who's about thirty percent from the three point line. You replace them with a James Ennis and a Gary Clark, two guys who are real comfortable as role players. They're not looking to do anything more than they can do. And even a Jonathan Isaac, he shoots a little bit better, but he's a guy that he may try and push it coast to coast and do some things to to try and uh, turn the game around on his own individual efforts. But they played consummate team basketball. They, they stuck to the game plan beautifully on the offensive end and, defense, and even more on the defensive end. Even though Giannis had his 30-plus uh, points, uh, they weren't easy to make things tough on him. And uh, So, I mean, they, they played a great game. The Bucks played a, a subpar game. Chris Middleton couldn't get going. Bledsoe got, got cooking after a while. I was still waiting for Dante to kind of find himself uh, uh, since the uh, restart of the season. And so it's a lot of room for improvement for the Bucks, and I'm not sure the Magic – I mean, I think they'll be happy if they could just play as well as they played in game one. Uh, we were talking about that in the first couple of segments with Steve, and, and one of the things when you talk about getting in their rhythm and, and feeling better, it was not – I guess not a lot of adjustments to make. It's just a matter of kind of getting into your own game. As a player – you know how that is when you really try to get into your game, and all of a sudden it feels like you're running in quicksand. And you just—what do you do to try to get yourself out of that feeling and back into your own rhythm? Well, and, well, I disagree to to a point about not a whole lot of adjustments because, and we we talked about this during the uh, restart. Uh, there was a poolside chat going on between Houston and and, and the Nets, and the Nets uh, found that they cracked the code how to beat the Milwaukee defense. And, even though I don't know exactly what was said. I, and a lot of it had to do with penetrate, kick it to the weak side, because the Bucks will kind of overcompensate in terms of how they sag in to protect the rim, which they are the best in the league at doing so. But teams are now starting to use that strength against them. I call it like jiu-jitsu basketball, where you use your opponent's strength against them. And, and so they, they're penetrating, getting the Bucks to collapse, and then last night it was Vucevic, and uh, Fultz or, or Augustine handling the basketball. So there's, there's some adjustments. You could, you could, you could not, uh, you know, you, you, you could allow, they did it late in the game, where you, you allow a George Hill or somebody to go underneath and try and meet the, the guard on the other other side as opposed to having Brooke drop so far off of Vucevic. The thing I love about the Bucks coaching staff, they, have the, they play the long game. So they're not going to show all their um, options defensively, offensively in one game. They're going to see how the flow of the games, the flow of the series go, and then make uh, the appropriate adjustments after that. So there's some things that can be done, but 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 you hit it on the head. A lot of it is just understanding. Mean, the, the whole bubble experience, three and five, uh, the collapsing down the stretch in a few games, Houston, Brooklyn, uh, the Pelicans not executing for the Bucks. Those were, were ominous signs that there was some potential brewing uh, in the postseason, and now we're here. And we actually some of those, saw some of those things manifest themselves in that game yesterday. Game yesterday. So there, there's some collectibles that I think the Bucks will, will address uh, going into game two. 
We were talking about this earlier as well. You take a guy like DiVincenzo not shooting the ball real well. you got a guy like Pat Connaughton trying to get his legs under him, and he's trying to come back from COVID. So was Eric Bledsoe. It seems like you're still trying to get guys rhythmically into this thing. Bledsoe, I didn't think, had a bad game. I know Pat struggled. I know DiVincenzo struggled yesterday. Uh, and those are some of the guys that have been those really good role players. I mean, for, you've watched this team. This team has had an unsung hero almost every night on the court, and they've shared the shared the glory. And right now it seems like it goes as Giannis goes. And even last night you didn't get a lot out of what you were kind of hoping for out of Middleton. Brooke Lopez struggled specifically beyond the arc last night. Yeah. It seems like just the guys you were normally relying upon, that hero never showed up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, again, I think you, you give – Steve Clifford and the Magic some credit because the, the unit that they threw out there was a quicker, defensive-minded unit, and, and again, their strategy was was really sound. And the wall, same as Toronto last year, you build a wall. They went, they went even some kind of boxing one alignment when Kim Birch would just follow Giannis around. The other guys were kind of zoning it up away from away from Giannis. But but uh, you know, the luxury that the Bucks have is that. You know, that this is the first round and this is a chance, like the restart games, the eight seeding games, this is a chance to kind of get guys back in the flow. You mentioned Bledsoe and, and, and Pat Connaughton and Dante. Uh, but, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to mess around too much. You know, you don't want to go down 0-2 to, to this team and you shouldn't go down 0-2 to this team. What you've got to do is get them out of their comfort zone. You've got to do some adjustments defensively and trap some of those, those pick situations or, or whatever it is you're going to do. Keep guys at home more on the weak side. Uh, so that they can uh, cover the shooters a little bit more effectively. I thought the rolls to the basket, Terrence were also back there a couple of times, back there cuts the weak side defense. Looking at the film of this game last night was just was just not good. And so there's, there's a lot of good, solid adjustments you can make to make things more difficult and make these role players have to have to play outside of their comfort zone, put it on the floor, James Ennis and Gary Clark, to create your own shot as opposed to just catch and shoot and, and like I said, I have all the faith and confidence in the world of this great coaching staff, Coach Bud and the rest of the crew, that uh, they'll make the proper adjustments and, and crank it up as much as they need to in game two to, to try and uh, regain the, uh, the momentum and the control of the series. You know, the one thing I noticed early on in that ball game, Marcus, last night was they had a lot of open looks and they didn't shoot. They passed the basketball, they tried to dribble drive and then kick it back out, and then they ended up taking contested shots as the clock wound down. Uh, if you're Coach Bud and you look at that, do you tell these guys, guys, you're open, put it up? Yeah, and Chris Middleton, you know, there's a couple of specific instances where he passed up a pretty open look for him, 15 to 17 feet straight on, and then try to try try and draw a foul. Uh, I forget if Fournier or somebody tried to mm-hmm. do it uh, once or twice against. So yeah, I mean, but again, it, it's 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 something that has been um, a carryover. From, from the bubble experience, I mean, just, just the, everything, just the execution. I mean, we saw it over and over again, and so there was all this talk about, you know, well, when the playoffs climbed up, took a switch. And my point last night in our, in our open was that, well, this team knows how to be the best team in the league in terms of record during the regular season. They know how to win 18 games in a row. They know how to, you know, dominate the Eastern Conference during the regular season. But they, they don't have that, that championship gear yet because they haven't been there. And so that's, that's the struggle for this team to try and understand just how hard you have to play. Quick story, game seven against the Sonics in 1980, I messed up against Mesmer High's Johnny Johnson, the late, great Johnny Johnson. And they already won a championship. They've been to the finals, the Sonics had, uh, back-to-back years. 
And and they really taught me a lesson in terms of how you have to come out. I call it, you know, checking your cool at the door. You got to come out like this is the last game you're going to play in your life, and you got to play with that sense of urgency and desperation each and every possession of, of, of every moment of a game like that. That was game seven. It's different than this game, but it's something that the Bucks, I think, are le- in the process of learning just how hard and dominant and physical and focused you have to be every single moment that you're, that you're out there. And that's the challenge for Coach Bud, to get these guys to, to really grasp that. And, and the seeding games kind of messed that up because there was nothing to play for. So you don't have, you don't have to push yourself to that, to that limit, to that level, and now all of a sudden you've got to try and find it, and that's where the struggle is right now for Milwaukee. I think they'll find it, but, again, I said it last night, I think they'll get there, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a struggle. Marcus, real quick before I let you go, uh, in, in about 30 seconds, what do you expect uh, result-wise out of game two? I think the Bucks will come out, and, uh, again, Orlando has a lot of confidence. They're not going away, but I just think our guys – um, once they play at the level that they can play at. The good thing about last night, they didn't play, Giannis didn't play a great game. He, he missed some stuff inside, uh, reverse layups and, and soft finishes at the rim. Middleton didn't play well. We got guys who can play a lot better. They'll do so, as I pointed out before, the Magic played as, as, as good as they can play. So even, even if the Magic bring that A game tomorrow, I think the Bucks will be ready to, 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 to meet that and, 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 and exceed it with their effort with their uh, productivity, I think we'll win this game. So that, that's my hope. That's what I'm. Uh, that's my. That's that's the, the plan, and I guess we're sticking to it. Marcus, great to talk to you. Great to have you back on the program. I look forward to doing some more with you down the road, and hopefully, we're talking about a lot more Bucks victories. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, we will be. We'll be. We'll be, man. Keep the faith, man. It'll be okay. Appreciate it, pal. There you go, Marcus Johnson, joining us for a couple of minutes on the Network Health Hometown Advantage Hotline. Network Health. Hometown Advantage Hotline, your network health, hometown advantage health plan. Make sure you check them out. Also, our friends at Kessler Diamonds, they're a part of the program as well. And also, don't forget Lammy Sports Management. You want to get a hold of us, go to at Hour. Find us everywhere on social media, at Hour. Bucks take a loss in game one. We'll look forward to game two. We'll wrap things up coming up next in the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We were caught not taking away either. You know, you got to you got to be good in the paint. We only had three block shots. So I think, you know, we can protect the rim better and we got to find a way to get to the three point shooters better also. That's Coach Budenholzer, the Bucks 122-110 victims last night to the Orlando Magic. Welcome back to the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. I'm Bill Michaels, and uh, we are glad that you are back with us. We're glad to be back on the air. Steve Novak, Marcus Johnson, and uh, yours truly, and we're glad that uh, the show is back. It's not uh, out in front of you, the audience, and the Bucks fans like we'd like it to be, but we'll be back out eventually without a doubt. Also, uh, the bubble, when Coach Bud talks about the bubble in Orlando, he said, look, if we win this thing, it would make a championship more meaningful. You know, we've all been down here in the bubble for a while, so I think everybody, um, you know, should be understanding, you know, how to sustain, you know, a run and, and prevent runs. And so um, I always, always love playing in Milwaukee, playing in front of our fans, playing at the Pfizer Forum. Um, they certainly help us. They certainly help in an early uh, first-round game. Um, but, you know, everybody's in the same situation. We're here. That's what's going to make, uh, you know, whoever comes out of here uh, more special. And then Giannis said, look, uh, when, when you talk about tomorrow night, the, the, the Bucks defense needs to make the magic uncomfortable. 
Uh, we just got to play, play harder. Um, just make them feel uncomfortable. You know, uh, they, we were doing it at times, but uh, we got to do it for longer uh, stretches of the game. Yeah, I think, it, you know, sometimes they come up with the pick and roll, throw it back. They just feel, they felt comfortable. Uh, so, you know, we got to learn from it. Um, hopefully we can come out in uh, game two and uh, just, uh, you know, be more aggressive, getting passing lanes, use our hands, be a little bit more physical and, uh, and just get them off their uh, the rhythm. The one good thing about it is Giannis said, you know, look, uh, the, the Magic played better. We're not worried about this. Just got to keep playing harder. Got to keep playing harder. Um, to be honest with you, I think our energy was good today. I think our energy at times was good today. They just played a really good games. They made a lot of shots. Ennis made, Clark made, uh, uh, Terrence Ross made shots, Vucevic made shots. They, they played good. They played, you know, you got to give that to uh, Orlando. And uh, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. And uh, hopefully uh, things, you know, game two can switch around. Just keep playing hard. Keep playing together, man. That's that's all you can do. There's nothing, there's no, as you said, there's no magic wand that we just know, you know, uh, point and uh, things going to change. You got to come out and play, play hard, play even harder, play together and, uh, you know, have fun, have fun. Uh, George Hill after the ball game also said, hey, the bubble, it's stressful, but it's not an excuse. You know, being in this bubble is pretty stressful, but um, as basketball, we can't blame it on that. Um, we're here to play a game, here to win championship. So uh, as a team, as, as a player, we got to figure it out. We all got to look in the mirror, find ourselves, uh, figure out how we can be the best teammate we can possibly be on each play out there on the court. So yeah, there you go. The challenge for the Magic now is going to be to maintain their intensity because a year ago, we'll see if they learned from that, they beat the eventual NBA champion Raptors. They kicked off that opening round series, but they lost the next four straight and were blown out of the postseason. So we'll see if they figure out a way to keep that intensity going. Meanwhile, the Bucks will have to make some adjustments and then come back and get ready for a big-time game two tomorrow night down in the bubble. So uh, until next week, which, by the way, next week it will be on Thursday. The Milwaukee Basketball Hour will be next Thursday night, August 27th. Set your calendars to it. And, again, if you want to find us on social media, at Hour at Hour. you can always follow me, at Bill underscore Michaels. Thanks to Sam Schmitz producing the program as well. Thanks to Steve Novak, Marcus Johnson, and thanks to you Bucks fans for taking a listen. This has been the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. Until we talk again, have a good one. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.